Hey guys, thanks for listening to The Question Mark Show. On today's podcast episode, you will hear an interview that I had with my good friend, Kia Kadem. Kia is a trainer and nutrition coach based in Toronto and also works with clients online all over the world. He helps his clients build sustainable, healthy habits to reach their fitness goals. During this interview, we discussed why building a habit is the key to achieving your fitness goals, the real benefit of having a coach, and how to build habits during turbulent times. If you liked this episode, make sure to leave me a review and let me know what you liked about the episode and how I can continue to make it better. Now time for the show. Perfect. All right, man. So, Kia, why don't you tell us about uh, you know who you are and, and how you got to where you are today? Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm a personal trainer here in Toronto, uh, personal trainer coach use those two interchangeably, but, uh, in person, um, I see people mainly now and people who, uh, want to, want to get into the exercise habit, want to start enjoying exercise, want to get into a healthier lifestyle. Most, most people are people who haven't, uh, been into sports and, and, and been very active throughout their life and, and are just trying to get healthier now, but mainly actually trying to get leaner. So uh, a big, uh, big population that I see is people who uh, want to get better with nutrition and exercise habits so that it can actually lose weight, get leaner, and get all the benefits of actually having that healthier lifestyle. Um, so yeah, if anyone's like, I don't work with anyone who's like injured anymore. Like I, I have good referrals with them now. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I don't try to. Like they're like, hey, this hurts. I'm like, yeah, I know a guy that can help you with that. <laughs> like, <laughs> But then that, I, so I work with like people, if anyone's like that, I always send them out first. And then I work in the collaboration with their physio or Cairo if, um, if they want to like keep training, we work in collaborate like that, but predominantly it's people who want to lose weight and get leaner. And, uh, the online, I, I do online coaching as well. And that, that portion is mainly for, yeah, it's, it's predominantly, um, people who want to get leaner again. Uh, want to get build a better relationship with exercise and, and food and, and most of the people I see on there are women then that's just kind of how our industry generally is the uh, fitness and uh, the nutrition and fitness industry we have more female clients but also they have they need more help because they've always been they've always been uh, kind of given kind of shady advice um, they have a lot of uh, things to deal with in terms of body image issues uh, things that have been forced on them that have to like that have forced them into bad relationships with food and exercise. So really enjoy working with them. But uh, schooling and stuff, I edited kinesiology at York. I did my um, master's. That's in Canada? That's in Canada? Yeah. Okay. Did my master's uh, at AT Still University, through AT Still University Online. Uh, that's in Arizona. I did a few internships at Cressy, um, was at Altus, and was at uh, Unbreakable Performance from Brett Bartholomew. I was there for a couple of weeks. Um, and then I met you at a conference, <laughs> at a McGill conference, and that's, that's how, how we met. Did. Yeah, I, I love how you underplayed those internships. Those are pretty big internships. Uh, you know what, man? I just I, I could. That's the thing. Like there are, I have so many certifications. Like, I could put all these. I have alphabet soup after our, we both could after our names, right? But of course, at the end of the day, it's just. I mean, that's not. No one's ever asked me about them. <laughs> no one ever asked me like. Unless I have a client, I have one or two who actually somehow, oh, actually it's their physios who've been like, oh, like check out Cressy for their shoulder. And they're like, oh, you, you, you like work there? And I'm like, yeah. Like, unless it's that, people 
don't care about that stuff as much as I guess we do. <laughs> so true. Which is a whole nother conversation we'll have to have off script on another podcast. <laughs> the alphabet suit thing is, is just crazy when it comes to healthcare in particular, and obviously in training as well, where, you know, people pride themselves on it instead of looking at it as a tool to get better to help their clients through the people who really matter. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm impressed when I see someone, you know, has been to Cressy or, or gone to Altus or Exos and things like that. Obviously, they've learned from some really great people. But at the same time, it's like, how are you applying it and what are you using it for? If you go to Exos and all these high performance thing, but your clientele are generally, you know, geriatric, which is not bad. Yeah, these high, these high performance concepts yeah. don't necessarily translate to the 65 year old um, sedentary person. Right. So, um, but nonetheless, that's off script. <laughs> um, but cool. So what got you into, you know, fitness and nutrition and things like that? Obviously you're, you're a fit guy. I know you grew up playing tennis. Is that how you got into this? Yeah. Uh, I, kinesiology was the only thing I actually applied for. I, th I was going to go to, I thought all through uh, high school that I was going to play college tennis in the U S um, and I kind of banked on that. So I try, I didn't really try it that much in school until <laughs> the last couple of years. I was like, oh, tennis is going to get me through. So when it came to uh, applying, the only thing I applied for, I, mean, my, I took a grade 12 kinesiology class. And I was like, holy crap, I could study this in, in university? Like, I didn't know about this. So um, I, the only thing I applied to university was kinesiology. Um, and then like, we have three. You can apply for three college, three universities here. And then for each one, you can have three options for I just applied to, I think, one, and I just put kinesiology. I was like, I just want to go to that school and just go study kinesiology. Uh, didn't get good enough get offers from the U.S. I guess I wasn't as good as a tennis player as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I went to kinesiology. Still didn't know what I was going to do, but I started personal training from the first year that I was there, which kind of really helped because uh, I'm really glad I didn't wait till the end of university. Um I mean, now looking back, I think we all do looking back every year, we're like, holy crap, I can't believe I did that stuff a year ago or two years ago or that long ago. So, um, yeah, the kinesiology, uh, I was, with studying that, I was like, what can I apply to when I was in, when I was in school? And I started uh, uh, training. Actually, yeah, it was actually, actually grade 12. I did my, you know those weekend personal training courses? Correct, yeah. There's a lot of this. <laughs> oh, that's I did mine, and I actually started training a, um, a friend's mom in the morning between 7:30 and 8:30. Then I would go to school. Um, so I started to get my experience that way a little bit, and then I kept going through undergrad. Um, worked at Equinox for uh, for about a year. Worked in another company downtown in Toronto for about a year. Um, I worked at the YMCA for about a year, so, and then after that, I, I went on my own. Uh, I, I do focus on. I mean. Now, I predominantly focus on nutrition, and I find the exercise thing is not as hard for people to get a grasp of, um, and one of my passions is, is helping people, not with, I mean, nutrition stuff I, I love studying, but more about how to, how to get them to build the habits around nutrition, because uh, I think that's one of the parts that can have a big impact on, on their fitness uh, uh, outcomes as well, so I think the fitness stuff is, is easy for people to grasp. They know they have to work out. They can do it three times a week. But when it comes to nutrition, something they have to do daily, that's where I think uh, most people need help. And that's what I focus on mainly now. I love that. And that, and that kind of perfectly segues into one of the bigger topics that I wanted to chat with you today about habits. Earlier in the conversation, you actually somewhat alluded to whether you did it on purpose or not, I'm not sure. You said helping people with exercise habits. And that's 
a very interesting perspective because people don't usually look at exercise as a habit. They look at it as almost like a thing that they have to do uh, or that they don't do but should versus uh, something that they should add to their routine, like brushing their teeth and things like that. I know both of us are big fans of James Clear's book, uh, Atomic Habits. Uh, which is a, an amazing book, by the way, and, and everyone, anyone who hasn't uh, read it should. But talk about that a little bit more. So you talk about habits in terms of like nutrition and fitness. How are you looking at things now with your emphasis on habits versus how you used to look at things in terms of helping clients get better? Um, man, I, I feel, I mean, I, I feel bad for like my clients early on in my career. I mean, as I said, <laughs> we all do. <laughs> I mean, from, from, high school, um, grade 12, when I started training clients till, I mean now, but I'd say up until maybe three, four years ago is when it really clicked. I was like, I was like, how, like, how can you not track your food every day? How, like what you're finding it? Like I was, I was 19. I'm training my people who have kids and like have busy lives. And I'm like, how do you not work out three times a week? Like, do you not want to lose weight? Like how, like, that's what I was thinking. And true. Very logical. I, I, would, I would have this really like sometimes it probably came off that way too it was very condescending because i didn't understand like what influences people what what influences us to do certain things and drives our behaviors um and the obligation and i now i mean I, I can relate to and now i'm older i have all that experience behind me but um the thing that's different now is really just having a better perspective of seeing where people's behaviors come from and why they do certain things and what drives them to do, do those things and how we can rewire that if, if possible so if someone so if i came to you which i have in the past you know admittedly you helped me a lot getting my nutritional habits in place i was actually even as a healthcare practitioner i'm not perfect of course i always i was of the belief like most athletes growing up that i work out a ton you know the michael phelps syndrome right i work out a ton i can eat twelve thousand calories yeah. <laughs> and i i learned pretty quickly that as you age it's not the case um, and that your nutrition habits, as you alluded to, are is important. Are, your fitness ones are important too, like working out. But like you said, those are fairly easy after you have a grasp, especially if you have a history of being an athlete. Yeah. But it's nutrition habits that really move the needle, um, especially if you eat poorly. Um, so I, I'm definitely an advocate for that. So if I came to you, which I have again, uh, and I'm like, you know, I, I really want to get a six pack and, and I really want to lose some weight and I've been working out a ton and it's not working. What, you know, what, what are some things that you would look at to try and help me get a grasp on my nutrition and, and, and getting, uh, reaching my fitness goals? Uh, the first thing I would ask, uh, good question. The first thing I would ask is generally <laughs> what kind of time frame do you have? Uh, that kind of just gives me an idea of the person's mindset in terms of if they're, they want something really quick or not. And generally if someone has a longer term mindset, I'm like, great, that's awesome. Um, but even the short term, I don't just say, see, I don't want to talk to you, talk to you anymore. I talk to them about why it's important to have a longer outlook. Um, our, our nutrition habits are a lot harder to change in my opinion, because of just how much food there is around us in the Western sure. world. Um, if we were, um, uh, like in a, in a poor country, like we don't, like we would, we wouldn't have the abundance of food, of Uber, of, of food at every street corner. You know, we are just constantly bombarded by, by cues and cravings and the the convenience of it. Like we don't have to actually go and find our food. Um, I had, I was on a tour in, in Cambodia, um, uh, uh, Vietnam and Cambodia a few weeks ago and I, or no, my tour guide was from a Cambodian village. And 
he was telling me how when he goes home, like they literally have to go out every day to fish to get lunch. So it's it's a lot harder for them to to, to do that. So yeah, like overindulge, yeah. So so again, coming kind of back to it, I have to tell people that when they're when they're embarking on changing their nutrition habits, we have a lot of things against us. Our environments are a little bit harder for us to to cope with here, and in our so we have to understand that we have to be uh, patient with ourselves first, like starting this whole thing. Uh, we can use the weight loss, the number and the weight, the goal as a goal to drive towards. But that's not our goal. The goal becomes every day doing the things that are required you to, to get there. So, for example, if you want to lose 20 pounds, uh, that can be the direction that you go at. But uh, what, you, what you, we need to talk about, what are the things that you need to do every day to do those things? And that becomes the goal. So if it comes like ABC, you got to like wake up. Um, if it, even if it's um, having like a bottle, having an extra bottle of water a day, that could be the goal for that week. And if you do that right, you're, you're achieving, you're, you're achieving and you're, and you're doing the you're getting to your goal at the end of the day. It's kind of like, uh, I read this from a, from a book, The Practicing Mind. And if it's someone's like swimming to like a tree in the lake, um, all the, the process is just swimming, literally stroking their arms and getting, a, getting a, a breath of air every little while. They can look up and see where the tree is and they can deviate left or right if they need to. The goal is still getting to that tree but they need to still be swimming. And as long as they're swimming, they're, like, they're using their arms, they're, they're taking their breaths, and they're moving toward it, they're, they're yeah. making progress. So, yeah, the first thing, I mean, I, would, I usually, one of our first conversations is just focusing on, hey, it's great that you have this weight loss goal. Here are the challenges that we're going to face based on our environment. And just getting them to focus, okay, now that we got the weight loss goal, let's focus on the process goals and make sure that that's our goal. Our goal is the process. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Scott Adams, who's like the cartoonist behind Dilbert. He says something in his book uh, about something along the lines of forget goals, build systems. You know, oh, yeah. and that may maybe similar to what you're alluding to is that you know if your goal is let's lose weight, well, what happens when you lose the weight that you're going that you want to lose? Do you gain it all back? You know what I mean? Like once you yeah. hit that goal, building yeah. a system towards that that's sustainable is probably a little bit better. Yeah, because if you if you if I yeah whatever man if I just swipe but like this you lost someone lost 20 pounds like cool do you know do you have any idea how you got there and how you're going to maintain it and it's not even going to be that much enjoy and that enjoyable correct um but it's it's hard to see at the point when people when people when people start working with you at the beginning they're just so they just they're so ready to make that change that they just want to get to that goal and that's really awesome but that motivation will dissipate soon and we need to keep our eyes on the real goal which is yeah like sticking to the systems and and just trust trusting the system that you yeah, that's that's great that you explain that because I, I, I talk about that a lot with clients and I see this, you know, clearly often with colleagues as well. It's like, you know, kind of like you said in the early beginning of your career, oh, like, how do you not get that? Like, of course, do your exercises, do them every day and you get better. Like, what, what, don't, you, what don't you understand? You know, but we're, we're dealing with obviously emotional beings, right? So th there's just so much going on in their environment and maybe their past history uh, with food or fitness or rehab that we kind of have to undo or at least reframe, right? So that they can set themselves up for success. Uh, and that, that kind of leads to my next point, which is, you know, we're recording this during the, I guess, ascension of the coronavirus, the pandemic, right? So things are still going up and unfortunately, and, and we're both stuck inside, which is why we're doing this, this Skype call. And, uh, you know, there's turbulent times. So how how would you, how have you adjusted?
invested with your clients or if you had a new client, how would you speak to them about building habits in turbulent times? You had mentioned that the environment is a big factor when it comes to nutrition, for example, and there are a lot of cues in the environment to go get a drink or get a pizza, but now you're stuck inside. Mm-hmm. How would you adjust uh, with, a, with a client to help them continue building or at least maintaining their habits during a, a difficult time? Uh, first thing, uh, my, my girlfriend's probably going to laugh if she can hear me in the other room. <laughs> I'm not sure a hypocrite I am on this, but um, after, I mean, I'm probably saying this to myself so I can hear, me, hear myself on the recording and listen to myself and my own advice, but you need to first of all, um, like realize, even, even though we are now in our homes, the situation is different outside. Um, so we're not at home like we used to be a couple of weeks ago at the time of this recording. <laughs> uh, a lot of outside stressors. We got we got some, uh, we got uncertainty to deal with about our family's health, um, our our work, our incomes and stuff. So we have that stress to deal with. So we got to be patient with ourselves. Um, so that's the first thing. You're not going to be perfect in the next few weeks. Uh, everyone's out of their routine. Uh, so the I think the first thing is getting back into sort some sort of routine. Uh, is was the first thing that I, I, I implemented um, at home, and I, I told my clients it's the first thing that they should do to just get some sort of structure back in, if they're working from home especially, to set breakfast times, lunch times, dinner times, kind of like how they would do on a, on a regular week, uh, on a regular weekday. Are you suggesting they do uh, it on a calendar, like a Google calendar or like a, like a written calendar, or how, how are they keeping track of that so they actually stick to it? Hmm. I don't know. I, you know what? That's a good question. I use a Google calendar. Um, I'm at home with my girlfriend. She works, um, she has her job. She has to work from home. So we just said like, we're like, Hey, 12 o'clock, we're having lunch or 11 AM. We're working out. So we kind of have that accountability factor. Okay. Um, for my clients who I used to see in person who are now doing at home workouts, they're sending me a picture uh, or a video of them at that time doing the workout. So oh, accountability. That's awesome. Holding them accountability and they're, and they're sticking to that same time that we used to work out. Um, for uh, clients who are just my nutrition clients who used to go to their fitness classes, a lot of their fitness classes have put up videos, so they're sticking with that. Uh, so that still gives them some structure. So a lot of the classes have stuck to the kind of have, have still provided those online classes at the same time. Um, and then the, other, the third thing, uh, so we got, yeah, just being patient with yourself, setting up a structure. The third thing that comes really hard with nutrition habits at home is just the accessibility to the food now. So you've got your pantry and your fridge really close to you. Uh, before, you would probably have to go to the break room. You'd have a structured lunch period, lunchtime at home that you couldn't eat at your desk, depending on where you're working. So um, that becomes a little bit harder. And it's be- and the one thing that people have to focus on is just, uh, again, come back to that routine. When am I eating? And if you're eating out- outside those times, you guys got to be mindful of that. So if you find yourself constantly snacking, times you first the step is just awareness of it and then trying to change that habit. Because right now people can get into that mindless eating trap um, and you can build that habit. You can build a habit yeah. of eating. True. Um, you gotta be aware of it and then you can also try to unbuild it, I guess. So one thing that you and I spoke about that really set home for me when we were working together in the fall was this concept of, I don't know if this is where it came from, but home court, away court, right? So 
you know, home court being like when you can control your environment, like make your food, make sure that you know what you're eating and stick to the plan versus yeah. a weight court when you're going to go away, do your best. But obviously, like there's only but so much you can control what's near your hotel. For example, I was in Las Vegas. I was in Henderson, uh, Nevada. I mean, I was out an hour outside of Las Vegas. There was no grocery stores or none of, like none of that, no Uber Eats. So I really could only eat what was in a hotel, which is, you know, not always the greatest food. Um, and that really helped for me from a mental standpoint and from a preparatory standpoint. So we talked about the difficulties of keeping a habit at home because the food is super accessible. But what are some of the advantages? Actually, so I'm trying to like, you know, oh. enlighten people that there are some advantages that they're actually at home as well um, in terms of this home court away core concept. Great question. You're right. It all comes down to the perspective of it. There is actually there are some things that are harder now. So we're out of our routines. You can get that. So get that down. That's, I mean, the, the positives are that uh, if you, if you, once you find the problem, what it is, like if you're out of your routine, set up a routine, okay, you're getting pissed off at yourself, be patient, okay? Now, um, at home, the great thing that can happen now, especially uh, you have less commuting time, so that's, that's time that you're probably saving for a lot of people. Correct. Good so point. Yeah, so... Um, you're probably, but not again, not like saying that's bad, but all of our screen times have probably gone up. But think about like the time that you were either, um, commuting to work, getting ready at work. That's time that you're actually saving now. So you could set that time aside if you can. It doesn't have to be the full hour, but even 15 minutes. Learning one breakfast that you can start to make that's really quick and trying to have that every day of the week. So that can already set you up in the habit of, okay. You know what? Every every weekday when I get up, I'm not going to spend time thinking about what I'm going to have for breakfast or, or just um, kind of think or trying to whip up something and, and then that takes up more time and that sets off my routine. The biggest thing with like routines and habit, well, habits is routine. So when you get up, for example, uh, having a, a one, one uh, kind of thing, when you, for example, in the morning when you wake up and brush your teeth, you know what the next thing is usually that you do. So same thing with habits, if, uh, nutrition habits. If you can have the same breakfast every day, that gives you some sort of confidence and, and a sense of routine again. So that's good. Right now is a great time to practice that. And then you can take that on to your lunch and your next meals. So now you can, it's a good time to get control of nutrition habits and structure in, in terms of, okay, what can I make for breakfast every day? What can I have for lunch? Can I practice uh, not eating between meals can i practice looking for protein first in all my meals like these are not everything to do at once these are things that you can just kind of layer on top of each other of course i um can i now that like the tap is right there can i just have my water bottle beside me like build the habit of always keeping that water bottle in sight so i'm always driven to have it um yeah things things like that so right now because of the time that we save it's you can actually sit down and, and think about these things and think about how you can set up these habits in your, in your own life. Yeah, that, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. So I'm glad you brought that up about how you actually are saving time. So a silver lining is that particularly in DC and you're in Toronto. So I'm sure it's the same. People have crazy commutes. I mean, people will come from deep into Maryland, Virginia, Delaware, West Virginia to come into work. So that hour, two hours, sometimes one way, <laughs> you know, they don't have to get up at 5 a.m. or 7 a.m. or whatever to be traffic. You can use that time to spend time with your family. You know, if you if you have kids and, and, you, and you're married, uh, you can use that time to check in on family or loved ones. You can 
build a habit, whether it be food related yeah. or not. So there, there's actually a silver lining. That's a, that's a good point that you that you mentioned there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the core that I didn't talk about. <laughs> Let me get back. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, I got this from James Clear, and he got it from someone else, but I can't remember who. But when we try to change our habits, a lot of times we try to change everything. Uh, sorry, in terms of all contexts, like we want to eat better every day of the week, no matter what's going on. So when we talk about home court advantage, it's like, hey, let's take care of everything that you can do at home. When the environment is a little bit more controlled, really be good at that, like set that up. So if you go on a vacation, sorry, if you go on a work trip, um, if you go on, if you go right, right now, obviously no one's going, but when you do, or when an event comes up, uh, you go to a conference or whatever, or if you have a birthday party that you go to, your habits might not be perfect when you go there. So don't worry about that. Correct. If you're at home, really try to kill it at home and take advantage of home court. Once that's set up, once you're like, hey, when I'm at home, I, I have the same breakfast all the time. When I'm at home, I definitely have my fruit. When I'm at home, I have my, have my water. When I'm at home, I go to bed on time. Uh, I get enough sleep when I'm at home. I floss my teeth, when, you know, all these things. When I'm at home, I read my five minutes. Uh, once that's down, then when you go away, that's okay. You're you're on someone else's turf. Like they might have different foods, they might have a different schedule. Their bed might be shitty, so you might not get good sleep. So you got to give yourself uh, permission to to be okay, like uh, and not be perfect on on a way. But then you can start once the home court is is taken care of, then you can start building travel habits. Like, okay, can I pack some high protein snacks to take on every trip that I go on? Can I like can I still get like a 15 minute workout at the gym every time I travel, you know, things like that. So take care of home first and then let, let the away take care of itself after. Yeah, it definitely helped because it made me feel better because I felt like, you know, when I would travel, it was always difficult, you know, because I want to keep up with my fitness, you know, goals and habits and things like that. And there was certain things were just not controllable. You know, you bring a TRX strap and there's nowhere to put it to without breaking something you know you you stay at someone's house and you know they eat a certain way and you don't you know so it's really difficult you don't want to be rude of course yeah um but yeah that definitely helped me because once you get back you, you get comfort in knowing that despite the fact that you're off track a little bit uh when you go home you know you're gonna get right back into it yeah yeah that's uh something that i mean i don't know i mean i don't want to overstep my boundary here but let me with your with with your back pain, I don't know with any any sort of rehab that you see your clients with. I mean, they could do all their exercises at home when they have the time. Like, hey, I can wake up five minutes earlier and like do my do my stretches or do my exercises or strengthening exercises that Mark gave me. Oh, for sure. I I'm definitely I, and I've spoken to quite a few clients. Like one of the things that I've said is that with all this stuffs going on, adjust your goals because. For some of my clients, for example, what they need to do for their programming requires a gym, right? At least pre-coronavirus. Now that they don't have a gym and they're stuck in their apartment or their house, you got to adjust your goals because you, you can't hold yourself to the same standard when the variables have changed, you know? So it's the same thing of what you're saying, home court, home court, away court. So and technically, even though they're home, right, they're actually kind of away technically in context because they don't have the same access to the things that they normally do. I agree, man. Right now it is so like away court for sure. It's a little <laughs> bit of both, I think. I think it's 50-50. It's, it's away court for some because, you know, we don't, they don't have access to certain things that they normally would have. Uh, but it's home court, as you said, in terms of at least – they're in an environment, they're going to be in the same environment that they know they're going to be or should be at least staying at home yeah. for the next couple months. Sure. Stay home, people. 
Okay, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, they're with with kids around that can make a different variable. But but the cool thing is that every day is now going to be the same, right? Now we're getting into exactly. that. Exactly. Now we're into like the third or fourth week as we go into it. Now people, it's becoming the new normal. So now we can't. We, as the weeks go by, it becomes it probably shifts to more 70 percent home court. You know, so. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I just reposted something on Instagram with you know Eric Cressy posted something. Um, about youth athletes, you know, I guess people are asking, you know, what, what, what exercise or program can I follow during this time to take, get out ahead? And he mentioned, you know, ask your parents to teach you how to cook. And yeah. I 100% agree with this. I think kid or not, or no kid, this is a great time to build that habit of cooking. Um, because again, you're not going anywhere. Your commute is cut if you have one if you had one. So now you'll have the time to learn even just one meal a week. And if this lasts, let's say eight more weeks, we're in the beginning of April now, yeah. that's eight meals. You can add your repertoire at least. hundred percent. Like manager stress. You know, I get up and like, it'll set me up better than, um, better than I was, better off than I was before because I can exactly. feels later on once this is done. So that was a great post that he shared. Yeah, I didn't see that, but that was definitely. definitely. No, I 100% agree. This is, again, we're, it's home court, away court. We're adjusting, as you said, even if you're at home, you may not normally be at home with your kids or you know with your spouse or whomever or any or roommates where you can't, um, which is different than maybe even if you did work from home, maybe you worked from home, but you no one was home. So yeah. the environment has changed. So you have to, you have to adapt. But yeah. again, there there are silver linings, like you said. We all know where we're gonna be for that while. So yeah. what better time to use that stability and that monotony, so to speak, to build a habit that actually will set you up for after this. For if you sure. learn how to cook and you like to eat out a lot, when you're done with all this, I mean, you're gonna save a ton of money. You're gonna actually enjoy it possibly, uh, and it'll become part of your routine that you'll you'll actually enjoy. The um, I am so happy with. The amount of people that are working out at home now, uh, whereas before they would not at home. They're like, I can't work out at home. I don't have the motivation to work out at home. But it really shows you, like, it, like now because we need to have that physical activity, like people are seeing how important it is for their mental health. They're like, I need to do something because I feel better. It's like the, the consistent. Like, I'm seeing so much more consistency with home with workouts for, for my clients at home. That's um, amazing. Yeah, it's it's um, and also just people that I didn't know were like super into exercise. Now I'm seeing all their Instagrams, like they're all working out. So there's definitely goods that's coming from this. I agree. A lot, a lot of push-up challenges. I know you challenged me. I, it was my off day, so uh, <laughs> it's pending. <laughs> yeah, I think I got it at like 11 p.m. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> uh, so with adjusting, you know, obviously. Let's go into that. So you said you're seeing people work out a little bit more. Your clients' compliance are, are, has increased. But I assume 
your clients don't have full on gyms in their apartments or at least have access to equipment. So how, how do you suggest people adjust with this lack of equipment? Uh, so uh, I'll just tell you how I program for my clients and, and the same thing that I do online. I tell, tell them to do, I, I tell them to do six to eight exercises. Okay. I, I, so, uh, so that way, whenever we work out, we work out together in the session, we do about six to eight exercises, super excited, like upper body, lower body, lower body, core, um, push, pull kind of pair together. So when they're at home, I'm just like, Hey, just at least try to get that six to eight exercise. It doesn't even matter if it's a glute bridge and a dead bug. Those are still two that count. Um, so, and then there was many ways of even just challenging those two basic exercises. Like you want to, you want to wait up, wait that dead bug, take a two liter bottle of water, uh, fill it up in each hand. You know, you got four, you got almost four pounds in each hand. You can, so you can find stuff around the house that you can use as implements of weight. You can take all these water bottles, put it in a backpack, all your textbooks, even a laptop that can be a backpack that you can use for squats, lunges, uh, split squats and stuff. So you can, there's a lot of good ways of loading stuff. Um, for, so when body weight becomes hard, be it body weight is hard for a lot of my clients generally because, um, body weight is actually pretty challenging unless you're very light, unless you're very, a very light, small person, uh, smaller, uh, stature and are fit body weight is still very challenging, but countertops, tables, couch, couch armrests are great for like pushups. For example, couches are just great for like hip thrusts or soft on the back. Um, uh, but in terms of equipment at home, I've just got people I've got bands are just bands with handles have been really good and just mini bands. I think those two, um, if bare minimum, if you wanted to get something, that's probably ideal. And then I step up from that. If you get an adjustable dumbbell up to 24 pounds or something is, is super helpful too. But, uh, I, it has increased my creativity, honestly, in terms of program writing too, in terms of exercises, uh, programming for people at home. But yeah, as long as they stick to that six to eight and they do it uh, three times a week, uh, I think that yeah, more than good. Right now, I tell people to not focus on really like, I don't know, like muscle hypertrophy right now isn't the goal. You know, <laughs> not the goal. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, right now is not the time to just go killing it every day. Like you can't, kill, it's probably not, but right now, just maintaining that consistency, feeling good, uh, even just maintaining your fitness level uh, and just maintaining that habit and also just using this time to learn some cool home exercises. Like imagine like you go to a new gym and there are new pieces of equipment. Like I get really excited, you know? And some one of my clients was like, oh, I can't get, I can't get as motivated because the, the equipment's not the same. So I can't work out hard. I'm like, no, it's just different now. Like, and like she, one of them, she's, she's a super fit mom. Now her goal right now over the Corona break, I guess, is like a handstand pushup. Okay. <laughs> so she now has all the time to like just practice the progressions that go in that for the next few weeks. So it doesn't mean that your workouts have to be any less intense. They can actually be harder now if you set goals that are like, okay, I want to increase my pushups over the course of the next four weeks. I want to increase the time I do a wall sit for the next four weeks. Um, the number of planks that I can do with, with break or mini breaks. There are a lot of ways to progress it. Uh, you can actually still get a lot fitter during this time. It's just different. And it's a good way of challenging and learning new skills. 
I agree. I think I think for trainers uh, out there, it's really going to test your creativity and your ability to innovate with what's in front of you, which is kind of what you always have to do, right? It, not everyone can work at a, an Equinox or an Exos where they have access to everything. And even those coaches are very, I mean, they're very good. They're very innovative. Uh, I know you worked at Equinox up in Toronto for a bit. They're very innovative no matter what. So even if you have the stuff to your disposal, now's the time to really, you know, dust off your innovation and figure that stuff yeah. out. Yeah. But, That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, it, I, one, the last question I have, because I'm curious about this actually myself personally, and I've had a few people ask me this and, and, and you're, I, just like you said, you defer to physios when you feel like you're not really sure when someone's injured. I defer to coaches like yourself who are more well-versed in nutrition than I am, admittedly. So in times like this, you, you mentioned people aren't commuting as much, so they should be taking advantage, but some people are also less active because of all this, as we mentioned, less yeah. access to, to fitness equipment, but also people aren't maybe going on as many walks as maybe they would because the park they usually go to or the hiking trail they usually go to is closed, at least in America. Do you, know, do you suggest that people from a caloric uh, intake standpoint, obviously we talked about the habits, should people be maybe proactively reducing their calories, maybe just a little bit? Um, during this time since it's being homebound that is a great question uh yes uh, i think depending on especially depending on how often you're exercising so if you're someone who is working out four or five times a week you definitely need to lower your calories or your intake however you're tracking your food if you are tracking your calories i think one of the best ways if you have tracked your calories and you have a good sense of that um the best way the best advice i can give you is like go on google find like a a calculator called Mifflin St. Jor. That's, that's like, you know, Harris Benedict, people have probably heard of. Mifflin St. Jor is, uh, I think, a more accurate one, more better estimate. So then you can put in your time, like, how, how, how often were you exercising before? You can put that in. So that's probably the roughly the amount of calories that you had to do, eat to maintain uh, your body weight at the amount. So now you can, got, you can gauge it, you can press sedentary and see how many calories you need to just be sedentary most of the day. Or if you need to be lightly active, like you can, if you're only exercising once, three times a week, then it tells you how many calories you need. But most likely it's going to be less than you, what you were taking before. To be on the safe side of things, I would probably underestimate. So if you're, uh, if, if you're exercising, if you say, if before, if you consider yourself a lightly active person who was exercising one to three times a week, I would still shoot for sedentary because most of the time we're sitting down now. I agree. Very conservative with the information that you give to the calculators if you're gonna go that route. Um, but yes, you definitely have to reduce your calories. For, some, for people who aren't counting your calories, um, the, the one tip that I could give you is you don't need as many carbs. Uh, you're not doing anything <laughs> at this time. <laughs> so uh, changing, changing your carbs to more fruit intake and more like vegetable intake, more, more carby vegetable intake, I'm just reducing your carbon intake, but keeping your fat and protein portions the same, or even maybe increasing your protein portions to keep to have, make sure that you're you're getting more protein into your sink full, but reducing calories on the carb carbon intake side because you just don't need as many now. But now, can you give an example of that? So obviously I know what you're talking about, but I, I want to make sure that's a little more digestible, no yeah. pun intended, for the general uh, public. So let's just let's just shoot for breakfast. Generally, uh, Joe wakes up and has. Uh, three eggs and two slices of bread with his breakfast. We're going to cut that down to one slice. Okay. We're going to keep everything else Simple. the same. 
Okay, simple. Okay. Um, if uh, if you were your rice portions or your pasta portions, whatever you were get, get you were eating before, swap the protein and carb portions. So you're gonna maybe put add a little bit more protein, not like completely double. You don't need probably not don't need as much, but cut your carb intake on that portion less, so at least you're having the volume of the food, and then you can add more size of that food by having a big salad or more vegetables to give you to, to make up for the size that you're losing on the meal to still give yourself that feeling of fullness, but you're reducing calorie intake. Um, you just have to understand like protein is just a little bit harder for the body to digest. So you're going to burn more calories taking it in. And for carbs, it's a lot easier for the body to digest and break down. So we absorb more of the calories. So anytime you're increasing your protein intake, right now is a great time to get into the habit of increasing your protein intake. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of a plug. <laughs> yeah, right now, like yeah, just try, like be like, cool. Like if I if I'm generally the type of person who has who has who bases their meals around carbs and then a side of protein, now is a great time to think about, hey, I'm gonna have protein with a side of carbs, you know. So uh, that way, that also reduces your calorie intake subconsciously. So. Uh, yeah, I think that's, and that will help them be a little more satiated and not feel like they're being gypped in some ways. Exactly. Yeah, because if you're reducing your, if you're reducing food on one end, you want to still may, try to maintain volume as much as you can, but but reducing calorie intake, calorie intake by picking more foods that have more nutrients, more nutrient dense for less calories. So that's a great tidbit because I I have had a few people ask you know with all this going on. You know, should I be adjusting, you know, my food and things like that? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not the best person to ask, but I do know someone I can ask. Them. Yeah, but if you're calorie, yeah, again, so tracking if you're tracking your calories, go on that calculator, find like find what your sedentary calories are. Probably go closer to that, or maybe a little bit more, but you don't need to go uh, much higher than that. If you're not tracking, then just swap that. Have more vegetables, lower lower your carbs, have more protein, um, and snacking for most people. Um, right now at home, maybe again, try practicing minimizing snacking between meals is a great way of controlling that calorie intake also, because you're probably going to be tend to tend to snack more. And I'm going to just give you one more, um, steps. The more time you're spending walking, the less time you're spending eating. So True. If you can, yeah, if you can spend, um, just keeping an eye on your, or on your track or your step, step count for the day. Um, that's less time that you're going to be sitting down and trying to eat something. So even if it's walking around the apartment, going up the stairwell in your apartment building, whatever that is, um, that also increases your movement, but also light to some, even just light to moderate exercise can have for most people an appetite suppressing effect. So that can also minimize your likelihood or even decrease craving. So it can decrease the likelihood that you want to go and crave on, uh, just snack on foods now and again. So. That's a, a great, that's really good commentary on that. That's really helpful for me and for a lot of people listening to this. I think it's good to clarify actually at this point too, that this is, this is why it was good that you specified the kind of clientele you work with, that this is good for like general fitness clients. Obviously when you talk about athletes, it's a whole different beast. They should probably, you know, refer to their coach and who's probably already programmed stuff for them. So it, this definitely applies to the general fitness, but once you get more specific with the athletes, things of course change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right now, I mean, I like to always get jacked and stay jacked, but there's only a couple of things that I can control on that. And if someone, even a general fitness population person who's listening, who just wants to maintain and retain, maybe even try to add some muscle right now, 
the two things that I've been telling my, my clients who are, who are the guys who just want to maintain the muscle mass is make sure you're keeping that protein intake up, like really hitting that hard. And if you're doing any at-home exercises, make sure that you're training failure most of the time on more sets. So really, not like I'm getting tired, I'm going to stop now, but really push yourself to failure because that's going to signal your body to be like, hey, I'm going to hold on to this muscle. Uh, I, I, the body, apparently this guy needs me, so I'm going to stick around. So <laughs> those are the two things. So what you're saying is that it's, 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 it's possible but and actually feasible to actually get a bit fitness benefit despite lack of equipment and, and access to stuff. As we, talk, like, like you, as we said, like body weight exercises at home are hard for probably most they of are. our who aren't athletes, yeah. right? So they, they definitely get fitter. Um, for us uh, who have who probably have more of an athletic background or people who are pro, pro sports, it's going to be a little bit harder. They're probably, oh, like, for sure. It's a different topic um, and the, the things that they can use. But for the general fitness population, um, even just doing burpees or skipping at home, or marching on the spot, depending, or going up and down on a stool and, and doing cardio that way, that might be more than you generally you usually do. And you can build up your tolerance and endurance that way too. So for a lot of people, man, this is a great time to get fit and get their nutrition habits on track and the fitness Which, is, which is why social media is not the best place to get your fitness workout. Because unfortunately, what the funny thing is, there's lack of this filter system. You've seen a lot of, and you're probably seeing this too, a lot of very general workouts that work well for general fitness clients possibly just to kind of get them through. But then like athletes are following them or there are workouts being put on by athletes and general fitness people are following them. Very, very different. Very, yeah. very different. Those workouts are intense. And I'm like, who has like, who's able to do this? And also who has that equipment? Like no one has that day. Has to oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm glad you were seeing that too. Cause I was seeing that where, where people were putting up, uh, home workouts, and they've got this whole, they got a squat rack, kettlebell, dumbbells. Like, 95% of people don't have any of these things on a good day. So, or even in their gym. That's where I worked out today, like there. Right there on the floor. Fair. Yeah, I work out in a very small area in, in where we live right now. So, yeah, I mean, you got to make do with what you, you have. But like you said, part of that is just being innovative. And, you know, for, for people who are listening who don't have a, you know, as we wrap up, for people who are listening who don't have a coach, so obviously, like, you know, you're a coach, you're a trainer, uh, as well as myself, you know, we, we are helping our clients, you know, reach their fitness goal through this difficult time. For those who are not uh, able to afford it or, or in the moment don't have one going into this, how can they stay fit and, and, and active and, and not come out of this um, or come out of this as unscathed as possible in terms of fitness? Um, like, okay, so that's a really good question. So, I mean, you really don't need the only, the, I mean, let's just put this out there. I'm not even worry about saying it. The only purpose that you and I have, people know, they, not, they know how to do the things that they need to do. Okay. For you, it's a little bit more, definitely a lot more specific. Like I actually don't know the things I need to do to rehab my shoulder or my, or my back or, or, or any joint. Like I need to know those things. But once you show me how to do them, I need that accountability to keep doing it and also to make sure that I'm doing it right. So the biggest thing about a coach is really just the accountability factor to make sure that you're doing stuff. But if you are generally someone who is resourceful, uh, there are tons of free, lots of free um, workouts online. Um, and if you reach out to, me, to myself or you and you're like, hey, this is legit, I'll, I'll definitely be like, yeah, this is, that's legit. Like, definitely follow that. Because there's some bad stuff out there that might not be suited for you. Yes. 
But sure. there's lots of good stuff if you if you kind of are resourceful and look for it. But so that's not an issue. You don't have an information problem, so don't like let yourself think that oh I don't have a coach or whatever. I'm not I'm not going to do anything. Uh, the positive thing is that you can actually set a goal. What as we said, is there something that you want to get better at once this is all done? Or do you are you not that great at push-ups right now? Like, do you want to build up your push-ups so that once it's done, you can like that's a cool party trick. I can just drop down and just do ten <laughs> push-ups. Or um, any other exercise that you want to get better at? Or you do you want to work on some mobility stuff? Because there's a lot of good videos on like functional range conditioning, or or some like or watch some exercise on how to like be awesome at your bird dog once it's done. Because people suck at the bird dog. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could get really good at the bird dog once this is done but any exercise you pick that you want to get better at i would just focus on that for the next few weeks and try to get better at that and then pick another one uh, so that way at least you're maintaining your motivation and then pick one or two uh, nutrition habits that you want to just kill for the next little, the next few weeks no matter how how basic it might seem to you but it's a great, really good time right now to to start building on a couple of habits so you come out come out of this uh, better on the other side and once things are, are habitual like right now if you're building an exercise habit of hey, I'm gonna exercise three times a week or if I'm gonna eat this for breakfast every day or I don't know, I'm gonna eat three pieces of fruit every day that's like one of my habits that I work on every day once life gets more stressful and then we go back outside those habits are already there and you just fall back onto them so right. yeah so but yeah you don't need a coach if you don't want one, <laughs> you don't need. If you don't want one, you don't need it. Just be resourceful. Um, there's a lot of good information out there, and, and most of us will guide you if you if you shoot us a question. And unless you know, the way the way I say it to clients in summary is, uh, the more specific the goal, the more likely you're going to need help. And you're right. If if people are just trying to find something to just keep active, like yeah. you said, there's there's plenty out there. There's not a lack of information, but. If you've got specific goals or you need accountability, as you said, some people admittedly need that. I knew I needed that, you know, your help uh, in, the, in the summertime going into the fall, trying to get in that habit with nutrition. Uh, but I didn't necessarily need your help from a fitness standpoint because I, I already yeah. have that habit. That yeah. was easy for me. Right. So everyone needs a coach. Even coaches need coaches. Uh, but this is always happening. Up until a few months ago, man. I mean, I constantly you you go to course. I think every time we go to course, we're getting coached by someone, you know. So it's never ending. But this was this was really helpful, Kia. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you've got more of it now with the coronavirus. So yeah. this is really helpful. Uh, and, and really helpful in particular for the people listening to this because I think a lot of people are having a difficult time um, either maintaining or getting into a fitness or nutrition uh, goal, especially since this is going to be for the long haul. Um, so this was really helpful for them. You know, how can people get a hold of you? Obviously, you mentioned accountability. If there are those who are lost and they're trying to find someone uh, who can hold them accountable and, and put together a, a good program for them, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, just search me, Key Academy, on, on Facebook. Um, I yeah, my website's keyacadem.com, and the same name is on Instagram and, and Facebook. But I'm generally more more active on Facebook these days. So if you message me on there, uh, I'll I'll guide you. And, and like you know what, like I don't know if I, some people I'm not, I can't help depending on their situation. I'll probably have to refer them to someone else. And, and if that's the case, like I'll, if you reach out to me, I, I I feel like I have a pretty good network of people who are pretty good at like certain problems or whatever. So even if you're lost in terms of hey, who's the best person for this? I can probably shoot you to that. Um, and if it's anyone related to back pain, I definitely know someone for that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Fair enough. 
appreciate that. But yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I put the information in the show notes, show notes as well, because people may not be able to spell that. If you could send me the information on, I think the website you mentioned about looking up the calculation, that'd be great too. I'll add that. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Kia. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thanks for listening to The Question Mark Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to give us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast so that you can stay up to date on our latest episodes. Thanks and stay tuned.